Hey guys, how you doing today? I have Samantha Radford here. She's a former, um, she used to be part of a Jehovah Witness and she got set free. And today we're just gonna share her testimony. We're just gonna give you a little background how the Lord uh, took her out of the Jehovah Witness and how she got saved and become born again. So Samantha, thank you for, um, you know, sharing your testimony with us. And I just wanted to just ask you, um, how did you get, like, did you grow up in a house um, that was a religious home? Did you grow up in a Christian home? Well, I, I grew up in a Jehovah's Witness home. So um, I'm, I'm not just a witness um, because I chose to become one. I, I was born into it. So I was born into it and my grandparents were already witnesses. And in fact, my great grandparents started to attend witness gatherings. So I consider myself a fourth generation. Well, I considered, I should say in the past tense, I was a fourth generation born in member. Yeah. Okay, because I don't like the Jehovah Witness um, started in, in New York, in Brooklyn, New York. And because I know that's when you have the headquarters, because I used to live there. Oh. Well, I mean, you're going to, you know, I'm just going by what I know. You, you're going to clarify that for me? Yeah. Educate the audience and educate us. First of all, how did the Jehovah Witness uh, religion get got started? And just give us a background about, about it. Okay, so the story goes that um, this person who is called uh, Russell, called himself Pastor Russell, his name was Charles Taze Russell. He's a young man who has made who's from a business business family, family that owns businesses. I can't remember what his original church was. It might have been Methodist or something like that. But anyway, he, uh, he comes along and then he supposedly starts to really search the scriptures with some friends that are also interested in- What, what country is he from? So he would have been in the United States okay. in, the, in the late 1800s. And I think the place was Allegheny. I forget which state that's in. I think that's Pennsylvania. Yeah. So he would have um, been in that area. The, the mysterious thing is that it was always claimed that he made his fortune with a, um, that he had made apparently already as a young man, a large fortune from business, uh, from a um, chain of men's, uh, menswear sh shops, so stores that would sell men's clothing. But the reality is when people have researched this um, supposedly family business, they only ever for found two stores and they were not even in buildings that they owned. So there's no way he could have made millions and millions from this family business. So there are some question marks around the fact that who really and truly financed his operation because he sets up a big publishing empire, which is what witnesses essentially are to publish his books. And um, I believe that money was given to him possibly from Freemasonic sources. Wow. I would go as far as saying that's what we suspect is the case. The internet probably has more. There's probably people on the internet who've done a lot more research, but that's my understanding that the, there's a bit of a question mark as to where did Charles Taze Russell get all the money to set up the witness movement? What he definitely did do 
is he started to come out with supposedly this new understanding of the Bible, okay, that him and his friends claimed that by reading the Bible by topic, they were starting to have a new understanding and he starts to teach things and they're very interested in the end of the world, they're very interested in dates and times and prophecies. And what ends up happening is he ends up being this charismatic pastor type person who goes around on these tours, speaking to people, speaking to large audiences. Interestingly enough, he would speaking, speak in lots of different locations, including Masonic lodges. So there was always a Freemasonic flavor about things. He never went on record to say he's a Freemason. But his tomb, uh, sorry, where his, his grave had a pyramid over it, which is a Freemasonic symbol. There's wow. internet pictures of it. They removed, eventually the Watchtower organization removed that pyramid from his grave because it was embarrassing them because it was so obviously occult. Um, <laughs> and I would say that that's the reality. You start to research things. Even the word watchtower has occult meaning. It is not a biblical thing. The obsession with the name, the Hebrew name of God, the obsession with using this Hebrew name of God, Jehovah. Well, again, the Freemasons talk about the ineffable name of God, and they're obsessed with that kind of mythical kind of esoteric stuff. So the witness teachings are very mixed up with that kind of thing. And unless you know anything about Freemasonry, you won't spot it. But and, it is and, there. It is there. Yeah, and you know what's interesting that you, you um, brought up uh, Freemason because my dad is a Freemason, and he's like a thirty uh, third degree, something like that. He's really high up there. And yeah. so, do you, do you know what that means? Do you know what that means? Well, the thing is about Freemason. Uh, I know that you know he reads his Bible. He's always reading the Bible. But the thing is, they don't use the Bible like me and you, like true born again Christian. We use the Bible. They use the Bible to find like uh, kind of like what's secret in there, like yes. for for symbolism. Um, you know, they trying to decode the Bible to use it for uh, for power. So they're not using it um, for you know to get saved and to change their life. So he's been, um, you know, he he's a Freemason, but he's also involved in witchcraft. So he kind of makes it makes it up. I know that free, uh, Freemason is like a synchronized between Christianity and the occult. That's what Freemason yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. So right? I would I would I would go as far as saying that Freemasonry is occult, especially when yeah. you get to those deeper levels where your father is. Yeah. There's not a lot of there's not much difference between a 33rd level Freemason and a Satanist. Yeah. Now, what God said to me, because I'm prophetic and I very quickly, once I operated in the Holy Spirit giftings, I don't know, you're probably quite familiar with them yourself. Once I could hear God's voice, which started to happen about four months after I left the witnesses, I was already praying in tongues a couple months before I left. Mm -hmm. um because i had understood correctly that that's still available and you can yeah. pray for it. you can yeah, ask for it. So after reviewing some of the information having spoken with christians who did have giftings looking at the verses and the scriptures understanding it is still a thing and it's still available yeah. i was at home i was at home and i prayed to god and asked for my language and and there's not this the sound starts to come forth bubble forth 
and I was very exciting for me. And you know what's quite creepy is when I looked at the date that that happened, it was exactly 30 years after my baptism as a JW. Wow. But I had, I had, as a little girl, wanted to get baptized very young. So I was only about 12 and a half. And I, they, I kind of persuaded them to let me get baptized young because normally they want you to be a bit, little bit older, closer to 18 maybe. But I, I was so, I just loved God. And I didn't have any other way to connect with him. So of course I went all in. And it's very interesting that it was exactly 30 years later, you know, that's when his daughter's set free. Because I yeah. believe that I believe I always was God's and I always had Holy Spirit. And, and for that reason, there's people that were higher up in the JW organization never liked me. They never, never would warm to me. A lot of the normal members that are just people that are trapped and misled into becoming witnesses because they genuinely seek in God. There's some really beautiful people there, but they are trapped. And the revelation God gave me, and I actually want to just be very honest and share it with everybody now, is the revelation he gave me is that the Jehovah's Witness organization was set up by Satan to trap some of the people that have the biggest potential for God's kingdom. So some of those potential Christians who could do enormous things and live out huge, huge kingdom destinies are trapped in the Jehovah's Witness organization. And that is what it was made for. And Russell, who founded it, Charles Taze Russell, was actually a Satanist. This is what God confirmed to me. He, he admired the Freemasons. Mm -hmm. He used to like talking with them to share these secrets that they're into, these secret knowledge, because it's all about secret knowledge in the occult. Mm -hmm. They want secret knowledge, but they want it to control others. And they want it to have something above others so pride is always a big warning sign if you're involved in any group of so-called believers and the hallmark of it is pride like it is with witnesses the pride that we know something other people don't we are somehow special we are somehow separate from other people that's not right that's not a good starting point and that god gave me the revelation that i was going to ask you uh, yeah, I'm sorry. sorry to interrupt you. I just want to ask you before you get into the revelation that God, God has given you, what do Jehovah's Witness believe? Like, I just want you to break it down to the audience. Oh, so, okay. Comes, yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, Jehovah's Witnesses believe that they are, they are like the God's organization on earth that they are somehow like a visual representation of God's kingdom here. They believe that their leaders are somehow um, somehow appointed by God, even though it's not very clear how that would happen, that they are the only channel. This is the thing they keep saying, that they are the only channel to God, that they are the channel to God on earth. Now that is not true because we know the only mediator we need is Jesus. So they place themselves, they create themselves this role, and they actually usurp Jesus' role. And what do they say about Jesus? They say that Jesus and the Michael the archangel are the same. Exactly. They, den they denegrate Jesus to the position of an angel. Whereas creating. Exactly. <laughs> whereas if you read the Bible, it's very clear. It says there that Jesus is above any angel because he created the angels. So to an angel, Jesus is God. Exactly how Jesus is God to us because he created us. So yeah. that, that witness, witnesses would never say that. They say things like, don't pray to Jesus. You must pray to only like Jehovah. 
which is father. And again, they don't call him father like Jesus did. They say Jehovah. Yeah, I spent a week. I was working at this, uh, I was going to training. I had this job working at this insurance company in New Jersey. I had this guy who's a Jehovah Witness. Like, there's a lot of Hispanics that's really into Jehovah Witness. And I was debating him for a week. And he said, yeah, just like what you said, he said, Jesus is like uh, an angel, like like the archangel Michael. And and I kept debating to him. I said, you know, Jesus uh, rebuked Satan and said, you should worship the Lord your God. Thomas saw Jesus and Thomas said, my Lord, my God. And I said, do you know what Emmanuel means? He didn't know. I said, Emmanuel means God is with us. Yes. So when I started breaking it down to him, and when I said, do you know what Emmanuel is? And he said, I didn't know. I didn't know that's what it means. I said, yeah, that's what it means. Emmanuel means God is with us. So I was trying to explain to him that. And then I, I even go to the book of John. That talks about in the beginning was the word and the word was, was with God, and the word was God. Try to explain to him that Jesus is God, the Father is God, the Holy Spirit is God. It just, it's three distinct persons, part of the Godhead. Like, so even those who are um, Protestant, some of them have that oneness belief that God manifested into the three um, distinct persons, but God, like, they don't believe that the Holy Spirit is is a distinct person with emotions and feelings. Yeah. So it, it's, there's a lot of confusion, but the Jehovah Witness, they are in error because they deny the deity of Christ. They do, and, and they don't really teach clearly. They sort of, on some level, teach that, yes, Jesus had to die so we can have everlasting life. But they um, one of the main teachings is that they say that only a small group go to heaven. The rest will somehow live here on, on earth forever. And they don't really teach salvation in Christ properly because one of the things about the baptism that I did a video on is in that baptism, you never at any point verbally say that you're accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior and that you have faith in him. So they're actually not saved. Witnesses think they're Christian. They're told they're Christian, but they're not. They are not saved. I believe that God, through his mercy and grace, does give all of the witnesses that have lived and died, that have been in, deceived in error, that are genuinely been seeking. I do believe he shows them mercy, and I know he does. But witnesses that are alive now, they need to know this. They need to, to know that they are, have been completely deceived, and they've been taught lies. And that those lies are blasphemies, because like you said, they deny that Jesus is God. They don't even teach that Holy Spirit is a person. And we know what blasphemy against the Holy Spirit means. We know how serious that is. It's very serious. Um, so so it, is, it is a blasphemous teaching on many levels blasphemous because they also teach lies about father. They, they basically make father out to be someone who is going to destroy almost everybody at Armageddon arbitrarily out of the blue, that only witnesses will survive. You'll only survive this Armageddon that they believe is going to be coming at any moment, which is one way to keep people under control because they use fear. And God would never use fear because fear is not of God. Mm -hmm. it, you know, the Bible is very clear. We do not have a spirit of fear. Fear is a bondage. Yeah, so when you when you're in fear, it's like a bondage. 
I was going to ask you about how does the baptism work? Like, if somebody just joined the Jehovah Witness, and 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 then explain to me that I know they have their own Bible translation. So, yes. how does that work? <laughs> so the 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 Witness Bible, I'd say the Old Testament is not too bad, but the New Testament they have changed. Um, they have changed a lot of verses to suit their theology. So there's verses. And what's the there. name? I'm sorry, I was going to ask you. What's the name of the Bible, or the new Bible, that the Bible, the Jehovah Witness Bible? Yeah, it's called the New World Translation. Okay. Um, and um, you can find it online. Um, I have stopped using it, and I even got rid of my physical copies. Um, I am writing a book at the moment, which is aimed at witnesses. It tells my story in detail. It tells me also a lot of revelation the Lord's given to me about how he's going to destroy and expose the organization. He's going to do that through the courts and authorities, and they're already in a huge amount of trouble for policies that do protect child abusers. Um, and that's what? being blown open yeah. now. And what's the most blasphemous thing like the... the they wrote on, I, I know they denying the deity of Christ. That's that's a major issue. That's that's like you cannot enter heaven by denying uh, Christ's divinity. But I think there's is there anything else? Because I know in the Bible in the, in the version that they that's really like a really really bad. Like that's a really no no um, that they have in the new in their translation beside the denying the deity of Christ. Is that not a major issue? Um, they have changed the new world. Uh, they've changed the. They've changed the New Testament a lot. They've taken out the word hell. So they don't believe in hell. No, they don't, because you know what they say that a God that is loving would never put you in hell, and that is a lie that Satan tells people in the occult. Yeah. People in the occult are lied to that hell is not real. God would not do that. But we know that actually it is real. The Bible talks about it. Jesus spoke about it a lot. And he explained that it was, yes, it was originally made for the fallen angels, but it is also for those people who choose that separation from God. And because witnesses don't believe that we have a spirit. They don't believe we have a spirit part. They don't believe that Holy Spirit is a person. They don't believe that Holy Spirit giftings are still available. They don't teach the truth about Jesus. They don't teach that he is God, that we should be saved by his name. They don't really teach that. They don't ever teach people to confess that. So one of the things I keep teaching on my channel is Romans 10, 9 and 10. You have to confess Jesus to be saved. You don't have to become a witness, jump through hoops, do the door-to-door -door preaching, you know, because really and truly that's a misinterpretation of Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Yes, we have the Great Commission, but I believe the Great Commission is different things to different people. Mm -hmm. God will reveal to you what your calling is. Mm -hmm. And for some people, he does want them to have a good career. And that's part of their ministry, the fact that they shine in the workplace as light as you know as light and salt in the world and that will draw people to them and when they're a success and people ask them what's your secret they can say my secret is my faith i'm a christian i believe in jesus and i you know this this is what i do and and this is to glorify him so there's a lot of things that i had to learn 
And as a witness, I was quite arrogant. I thought I knew the Bible quite well. Now, witnesses do know the Bible, but they don't understand it. But what I would say is that I know for a fact that witnesses are very, the individuals who are witnesses, many of them are very precious to God. And he has a rescue plan for them. He has an exit plan. Because the thing that witnesses have been through makes them very useful to God because their ego is broken because of the cruelty of the leaders and all the rules. Their ego is completely broken. They are very obedient because they have to follow a lot of rules and regulations. So witnesses are exceptionally obedient to direction. Witnesses do know their Bible. They don't understand it. Yes, some verses are tainted. The New World Translation has tainted certain verses, certain passages, but not all of it. So I would say they have only probably tampered with maybe 1%. So you still have a lot of the Bible that witnesses will know. And the beautiful thing is when they come out of the organization and start to get Holy Spirit teaching them and guiding them, they can very, very quickly pick stuff up. And God, God can remove the toxic, poisonous teaching and replace it fairly quickly with real understanding. He does it progressively. The, the Trinity thing took me some time. Yeah. I understood before I left, I already understood that Holy Spirit is a person and that we should worship Jesus because I'd seen those same scriptures, you know, um, Thomas calling him my Lord my, and my God and, no, and Jesus not refuting it. The man who um, was thrown out of the synagogue after Jesus healed him, he worshipped Jesus. It mm -hmm. says that he worshipped Jesus. Jesus didn't stop him. Didn't stop. Mm -hmm. And, and so multiple verses show that Jesus was okay with being worshipped. So and he and, and God wants that. Father wants that because it brings him glory when we worship Jesus. And and what's most important is that. Jesus was casting out demons, right? So before Jesus, no one else was casting out demons. Like there's no re religion where anybody ever casts out demons because all these other religions are fallen angels. They were started by fallen angels, like, like Islam and, and, and the Mormon. All of them were founded by fallen angels. So Jesus comes start casting out demons. And then that's what I was trying to explain to the Jehovah Witness. I said, Jesus was the only one that's casting out demons, you know? Yeah. And I said, if he's not God, and then I said another thing, I said, if he's not God, he cannot cast out demons. That's number one. I said, the second thing is, God is not going to send an angel to die on the cross. Like an angel cannot die on the cross for our sins. That does not make any sense. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because we do not sin against angels. We sin against God. So if we yeah. break God's commandment, it has to be God himself put on human flesh and die for us. That's what I was trying to explain to him, that angels cannot die for people, you know, because yeah. angels are created beings. So that's true. That's a very <laughs> good point. And, and, and the whole Michael, the archangel and Jesus thing is very strange. Yeah. I think it is an attempt to just downgrade Jesus because um, the, the verse they use to back it is that, that Jesus is described as having an archangel's voice. Yeah, and, and you know, there's this one popular uh, YouTuber, and I don't mention his name, and you probably know who I'm talking about. He's uh, one of those, you know, when it says in the beginning, um, I think he said, God created 
um, the world, right? And this, I think, says God created the. Um, I forgot. There's something he was talking about that the, he don't believe in the Holy Spirit. Like when God was talking to that created man, he believed, he thought that God was talking to the angels. I said that does not make sense. I said if God is saying that created man, let's created the world in our image, he was not talking about to the angels. He probably he was talking to you know, like I said, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because we know in the Bible it says Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. So some of them don't believe Jesus. They don't believe the Father and Jesus are two separate. Uh, be they believe they are the same so it's like there's so much confusion going on you know it's like yeah so uh, what 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 I thought was quite helpful is another friend of mine who's also left witnesses who's prophetic was really struggling with the trinity thing and 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 father gave her a vision and I'll just share it briefly uh, she was given this vision of three trees intertwined mm -hmm. and then father zoomed her back and from a distance the three trees become one large tree but close up it's three distinct trees that are separate but just intertwined together and i thought that was a really beautiful Amen. way of illustrating it so they are separate father jesus holy spirit each a separate person separate personality as well yeah, yeah. they work so closely together that is yeah. interchangeably you know yeah, yeah, I think. I can call them collectively God, Godhead, God. Yeah, is the Bible uses the word Godhead? Actually, the word Trinity came from the Catholic Church, but but I mean, we know where they come from. It's actually the word Godhead. That's what the Bible used. But when you talk about um, it, it just it's, it, it's um the Trinity, the Godhead, the Trinity is hard to explain. I mean, there's some mystery behind that. We all know there are mystery behind this. A lot of things that we don't really understand, but. You know, something like that, you have to have the experience. Like me, for example, I was in um, Costa Rica one time. I was talking to the merchants in the street, and then the Holy Spirit said, Pray for them. So it makes sense, right? I said, The Holy Spirit told me to pray for them. It wouldn't make sense for God to say, Pray for them, right? Because I'm going to go come to pray to God about it. And then throughout the Bible, it, it, it clearly define uh you know it tells you the relationship between the son and the father so but in closing i think we have about five minutes <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to add um so is there anything you'd like me to go into or is there anything you'd like me to ask me you know well i mean when it comes to um yeah oh okay can you talk about getting shunned how do you get shunned from the because uh, i know they talk about you could get shunned you know, the jehovah witness yeah, you get big time shunned. That's why people don't leave. They can't because they often have family and friends. I had um, when I left, I had about 500 phone numbers on my phone and only five were not witnesses. Wow. So I, I was very in deep because all my family were witnesses or my friends were witnesses. I had one or two friends that weren't and um, they weren't really like friends, even they more acquaintances because you're not allowed to have friends outside. If you do it properly, you don't have any, you don't cultivate any. And um, I made the decision to leave because I was a little bit pushed into a corner. I had confided in a friend that I was believing things differently, that I had these Holy Spirit giftings operating. And my friend was very concerned and said, you need to speak to the elders. I said, give me some time to think about what to do. 
My friend didn't give me any time, but went behind my back and started to tell them what I was getting up to. So I, within two, three days, was called to meet with two of the elders. They have huge power. They can kick you out. They can disfellowship you. If you are disfellowshipped, you lose everything in one swoop. No one will talk to you and you are no longer part of the community or the congregation. Now, I did not want to allow them to disfellowship me because when they disfellowship you, they curse you scripturally. They read this verse which says, um, hand this person over to Satan and they read that. So they curse you, they kick you out and they curse you. I was not gonna allow myself to be damaged more spiritually than I already was. I was in a dangerous place spiritually being a witness and I wasn't gonna allow an additional curse as I'm kicked out. So I made the decision as I was getting ready to meet with these two elders, I made the decision that I'm going to disassociate myself. I'm going to write an official letter. You have to do it officially because you have, when you get baptized, they take you through many questions that form a legal contract. And people don't know that it's a legal contract, but it is. So to leave, you have to write a disassociation letter that is also legal and clear. And I had that ready. So when I have the conversation with them, I had it in my drafts outbox in my email folder on my phone addressed to four elders in the congregation. And the moment I left, I had told them what I what I had discovered, what I believed that there was impossible for me to now remain. As I walked out, I sent pressed send and they renounced my departure within about a week. Within a week, they announced it. And. I had a very awkward conversation with my family uh, on Zoom with my parents, explained to them some of the things that happened that I was leaving. And since that moment, I've only had a little bit of contact with them on email. So they've been, my mum's been in contact once in two years and my dad was initially in contact with one or two emails, just asking a few questions and then nothing. My brother has not had any contact with me since I had a brief conversation with him and he was just angry saying, why are you doing this to your parents who are elderly? But the thing is, I can't live a lie and I don't believe God wants me to live a lie. And I also know that God is the one who showed me that I'm part of something that is in error. I'm part of something that's actually dangerous. So I just hope and pray that my family's, you know, the blinding is removed, that they see what I saw. And I'm quite confident that in time they will come out. But yes, of course, this has damaged our relationship because they ultimately have chosen to follow the rules created by a bunch of men in America who are all overweight and wear bad suits. And they have <laughs> let these men make rules that they abide by. Did you, so you're trying to reach out to them, but they're not interested in having a relationship with you? I haven't really tried because father said, just wait for them to approach you. Yeah, yeah, just because, yeah, yeah. Because I, I needed to also have time away from them just to go through a complete reform transformation that father's put me through. I'm, I'm a different person now. Yeah, that's awesome. In a good way. He, he's, yeah. he's, he's, um, he has delivered me fully. Yeah. He's delivered me, and he's empowered me, and he's trained me, and he's shown me so much revelation. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because um, let's see. 